0: heroes, and we're going to look at not so great of a hero this morning in John chapter 5, verse 5. And uh, there is a, a man in the scriptures that, that was probably not so illustrious when it comes to spiritual things. And uh, I've, I've titled this sermon, The Man Who Missed It All. He's a man that came in contact with the holy God of Israel and the holy messiah himself and yet at the same time failed to make that connection to God. I have found in my ministry and opportunity working with many people uh, there are so many people that really don't care about spiritual things. They don't care really anything about The afterlife, they don't care anything about Jesus or the church or the Bible. Uh, They only kind of ground themselves in the things of this world, the things that only involve the five physical senses of life. But the spiritual aspect is it reminds us that we are a composite of a body, soul, and spirit. There is a spiritual side to man. And there is this need inside of every person. To connect with God, a person who has never had that relationship with God, goes through life with this sense of emptiness, this sense of meaninglessness. That's why a lot of people commit suicide, because they can't understand uh, the very meaning of life and the significance of life, and they just many times snuff their own lives out because of a sense of their own emptiness. But this morning, I want to look at a man who just missed... It all. In fact, John chapter 5 verse 6 says this, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Now, there is this pool of Bethesda. There's this pool that was back in Jerusalem inside the gate, right near the Sheep Gate. There was this pool that that many believed that an angel would come down and stir the waters, and the first person who would put themselves into this pool of water would receive a a miraculous healing. They would receive a physical healing. And there were many people who believed uh, that this was a supernatural experience. And this pool had five porches. Five is interesting because it's a number of mercy and grace. And people would gather around this pool and, and they would wait early in the morning before the sun would come up for the troubling of the water or the stirring of the water and they would rush in as quick as they could. But they lay around this pool under these porches. They would lay around waiting, waiting for this healing. And one day Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda because this is a place of immense suffering. This is a place where the need of men is great. And Jesus looks down and he picks out this one man. And it's interesting, the Bible says in verse 6, when Jesus saw him and knew, this tells us about the omniscience about Jesus. He knew all about this man. He had never met him before, obviously in life. But Jesus, knowing everything about us, he knows how many hairs on our head. He knows the things about we worry about. He knows the things we're stressed about. He knows it all. And so Jesus picks out this one man, and he knows that he's been ill for a long time. And he comes up to him and he asks this wonderful question: Would you like to get well? What a great question. What a great question that Jesus poses to all of us this morning. Jesus has a way of touching the needs of our heart. And he constantly challenges us to pursue him and seek him for the answers we're looking for in life. Now, after reading this story about this crippled man trying to get into this pool of Bethesda for 38 years, uh, we, as I read this story and the events that take place in this i i 'm kind of mystified. Uh, there was something seriously missing from this text in this story there 's something that just made me want to kind of pass over this story because it just had a lot of a lack of balance and a tremendous indifference that I sensed in the story you see here 's a man who 's been blessed beyond measure here 's a man who has been blessed abundantly, but yet in the midst of his receiving a miracle from God, he was totally blind to his abundant opportunity. Now, this crippled man who had been there, uh, who had been sick for 38 years, he was blessed because the creator God of this world came right to his side. He was blessed because out of this large, sick crowd of probably hundreds of people waiting to get in this pool of Bethesda, Uh, Jesus selected him for healing. He was blessed because God did heal him, despite of the fact that he never responded properly to Jesus. In fact, this man who who was blessed by Jesus is is not really one of my favorite characters in the Bible. In, In fact, we should do the opposite of this man in our text. Instead of ignoring Jesus, we should acknowledge the great mercy of Jesus. Here's a man that really didn't care about spiritual things. Obviously, this is a man who shrugged off the stories of Jesus, didn't care about anything that that Jesus Christ had done from town to town. Uh, And we could say he was probably one of the most unthankful people in the Bible, tremendously indifferent, deeply insensitive. But most of all, this man missed everything in his life he was probably one of the most indifferent people we see in the scripture. He missed it so much. In fact, I looked at three things this man missed in his miraculous and merciful experience with Christ. And and notice what the Bible teaches us uh, in verse 5 and 6 and 7. The very first thing that he missed, and that is the right answer. Notice what happens in our story in John 5 through 6 and 7. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? Now, obviously, our answer would have been yes. But notice his answer he says, I can't, sir the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Now, Jesus comes alongside of this crippled man, and and he, he asks a very direct question. Would you like to get healed? Instead of answering with a direct answer, this man refuses to take ownership of the conflicts in his own life and he begins to blame others for the misfortune in his own life instead of being direct with the Lord he tells God why he cannot be healed and then he begins to lay out his excuses he answers I can't I cannot overcome my problems because other people really don't care for me I can't because other hurting people are in front of me and when I try to get up they get in front of me And I can't because my situation is impossible. You don't understand, Lord. My legs are twisted. I'm crippled. And I live in a world of impossibility. Jesus looks at him and said, would you like to be healed? He says, I can't. He's already developed a mindset that God can't do anything for me. That God cannot do a miracle for me. He is blinded by the fact that but God, who can do all things, was not able to help him. He says, I cannot because of past failures of trying to get to the pool in time, and I could never make it. So many times negative things have happened to us in the past, and it just kind of basically programs us into a spirit of impossibility. You see, we'll never find relief from the very thing that holds us back until we come to believe that our God can do the impossible and he can create a miracle just for us. Now, we must pursue and seek him for divine intervention in our life. A mighty miracle. A constant knocking at the door of God's mercy and grace. It's an interesting observation. This crippled man never really answered the Lord's question. Obviously, he failed to answer correctly. He missed the right answer by telling God how his life could never change. You see, we dismiss any miracle from God if we fail to answer God specifically. One thing interesting about Jesus is that he always wants us to get specific with him. I don't think God enjoys our prayers when we pray in generalities. I think what God wants us to do to get real with him to share with him specifically what we need and what we would like God to do for us. What is it in our life that we want God to do for us this morning? Can you answer that question with a direct and specific answer? Jesus went up to this man and asked a specific question. Would you like to be healed? The man basically said, I can't. The door was shut. There was not a direct answer on his part. And then we've got to learn, can we push aside our negative past experiences and clearly become specific with the Lord this morning? I know so many times we are just caught up with a spirit of unbelief. There's something about our old Adamic nature, our old human nature that we do not believe. And we do not believe that God can do great things for us. We do not believe that God can intervene. And because of that spirit of unbelief, it assassinates faith. And we refuse to see the miracles take place in our life because of doubt. I often wondered why Jesus even bothered to ask this specific crippled man, why he wanted to be healed. When Jesus walked on that deck and saw all these people waiting to get in that pool in that morning, I I often thought to myself, why did Jesus pick him? Now, Jesus in his omniscience knew this man had a spirit of doubt. He knew he had no interest in spiritual things. And I wonder, why did God select him? And I think it's interesting that this pool of Bethesda was called the house of mercy and and the house of grace, which it reminds us, despite of our lack of faith, because of our unbelief, Jesus still extends his mercy and grace to all of us, whether we deserve it or not. Isn't that a great, wonderful attribute of our Lord? Amen? Praise the Lord. No matter how faithless we might be, no matter how unfaithful we might be, Because of his great love for us, he extends that mercy to all men. And I think that's the lesson that Jesus is teaching us here. Of all the desperate, suffering people around the pool of Bethesda, why would Jesus approach such a faithless, negative man like this by the pool of healing? There are some people who really don't want to be delivered from their miserable condition because they love to nurse their past negative experiences by wallowing in self-pity and anger. They believe that life has served them a short stick and they live their life wanting to be very vindictive. You see, to receive a miracle from God would mean that they would have to let go of their former sufferings and their unfair treatments from the past and begin to rejoice over God's great provisions. You see, rejoicing would be something unnatural and strange for them because they're used to complaining. They're used to saying negative things about God in heaven and all of the good things of the Lord. And they're not used to working outside of that comfort zone. And some people love the attention and, and self-pity from those who are willing to listen. And you can say some are sympathy junkies. They love the empathy of tearful and sad look from others. They thrive all from the negativities of their life. And they wouldn't know how to act if their lifetime problem was taking away from them. So, Jesus asked this man, this man who was consumed with his own problems, consumed with his own self-pity, he asked this man, do you want to be healed? And he answered, I can't. I cannot. This man certainly missed the right answer. The most amazing thing about it is, even though he was telling God why he could not be healed, God blessed him with a healing Despite of that. And then I want you to look at the second thing that he missed. He missed the right reaction. He missed the right reaction. Notice what happened in John 5, verses 8 and 9. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. This man had just told Jesus, I cannot be healed. Jesus overrules his negativity and empowers him to walk. This man was immediately healed by the power of God's word. There was no faith on the part of this man to receive this healing. He was healed strictly by God's grace and by God's mercy. He didn't do a thing to merit this total healing from God. But after being an invalid for 38 years, after being crippled and bound for so many years, there's no mention of thanks or praise or worship that takes place. And as we look inside this story and we look inside the heart of this man, we see something about our own hearts. This man was instantly healed. It was a miracle. He gets up. He bends over, he rolls up his sleeping mat, and he walks away and he doesn't say a word. He doesn't even smile. He doesn't even give a shout of praise. The Bible says he rolled up his mat and walked away. And that was it. If I could interpret this silence and lack of thanks, it would be like this. Finally, someone did something to help me. I wonder why it took someone so long. Spirit of entitlement. When I read about this man's non-response to his miraculous healing, it really bothered me. The lack of gratitude really reeked with indifference. He missed the right reaction. And the question comes back to all of us, how do we react to God's miracles in our life? God is constantly providing and blessing us and keeping us afloat. God is constantly working and showing Himself strong on our behalf. And is there a conscious outbreak of praise and thankful worship and a passionate prayer of adoration to the Lord who constantly upgirds us when we're not even aware of His protection and blessing around us? Unlike other people who have been healed by Jesus and the scriptures. I, I, we would read about occasions of people who were mute and deaf, people who were crippled, and God would heal them. And they, the Bible would say they would leap for joy and they would shout with praise and they embraced Jesus. And some who were, who were um, released from demon possession would, would follow Jesus from every town as he would teach and they were so enamored with what God had done for them they could not help but to express themselves in perpetual praise to God but not here here this man who had been ill for 38 years receives healing gets up rolls up his mat walks away not a peep of praise or thanks, nothing. Being thankful is good, but expressing gratitude is even greater. But here we didn't even get the right reaction of basic thanks, nothing, silence, no thanks, or expression of thanks. He just walked away. He missed the right reaction. He had time to react with the right heart, but nothing. I think nothing kind of rains on our hearts and parade when, when someone does something wonderful for us or someone blesses us, especially God, and we take from the table of God's blessing and we fail to come back and thank him for his goodness. Nothing crushes the spirit more than that. I remember years ago in the ministry someone contacted us that there was a family that was in need. In fact, it was a single mom with three kids. And I remember they contacted us and they told, they gave us the address and they said, if you could do something to help. And so I gathered a couple friends together and I said, let's, we went to the grocery store. We bought a lot of groceries. And we picked out cereals and foods, fruits and milk and vegetables. And we just loaded all these bags. And I'll never forget, <laughs> we, we went in and, and we weren't looking for any response, obviously. We were just wanting to, to bless and help this mom and with these children. And I remember we, we knocked at the door and she came to the door and she says, what do you want? I said, well, someone had shared with us that you had some needs and we just want to let you know from ourselves, as we're believers and Christians. We wanted to, to let you know we wanted to help you. And uh, she opened the door. She was all right. So we brought the food in and we set them on our kitchen table and she didn't say a thing. And I'm like, some people, you know, I didn't know the lady. I didn't know would she say, hey, you know, I I don't like charity or uh, we didn't know. We just wanted to help her because we heard that she was going through some hard times. And she didn't say a thing. I'll, I'll never forget that. She was, she went through every bag. She didn't say anything. She was just going through every bag. And she was looking at everything, pulled it out, looked at it and put it back. And I didn't know if she was going to yell at us, tell us to get out or, hey, thank you you for helping us. So, it was like, I was kind of puzzled. And after she went through every bag, she looked up at us and says, where's the meat? I went, oh. And she goes, there's no steaks, there's no roast, that's what she said. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I think there are hot dogs in there. And she basically said, the next time, won't you just give me money and let me get my own groceries? I said, I'm very, very sorry. So we left there thinking to ourselves, that's the last time we're going to do that again. And I thought to myself, how does God feel? When God Undergirds us, and when God blesses us, and when God brings blessing to us, how often do we stop and we thank Him and praise Him? It's a great lesson for all of us to realize that when God does a miracle for us and when God blesses us, how important it is for us to praise Him and thank Him and to show a spirit of gratitude. And then number three, and that is He missed the right opportunity. John chapter 5, verse 10 and 15. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, which is a Saturday. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But this man replied, the man who had been healed, the man who healed me told me to pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. And this is sad. The Bible says, the man didn't know. For Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. The man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. This is a pathetic text. The man not only missed the right answer... By saying that he could not be healed. He missed the right reaction. He just was blessed beyond measure after 38 years of healing that the medical field could not work a miracle for him. Jesus blessed him, put him back up on his feet, put him back into society, and he missed the right reaction by not saying a word, not even a nod, not even a smile, not even a thank you, Jesus. And now he misses his greatest opportunity. But it's interesting to watch how the religious, legalistic crowd, they basically said this. They said, "The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat." They had missed the greatest work of all, and that is the fact that this man for 38 years could not walk, and now he could walk, and they're worrying about a mat. Some religious legalists are good at choking out others over insignificant rules while missing the greater obvious miracle that he could walk again. It was the elephant in the room. He missed getting to know Jesus, this man. This man had obviously been so wrapped up in himself with his own problems, he missed an opportunity to even listen to the stories about Jesus, this miracle worker, this one who came to Jerusalem to to perform miracle after miracle to reveal to them that he was the son of God who had traveled from one town to another. He missed an opportunity to worship Jesus. He missed an opportunity to praise the Lord. He missed an opportunity to fall at the feet of Jesus to thank him. He missed an opportunity to sit at the very Christ and learn about his deity. He missed an opportunity to become a devout follower of Jesus Christ. He missed all of that. He never cared a thing about spiritual things. He didn't care about the presence of God. He didn't care about the work of God. He just didn't care about anything spiritual or godly. The man was so obsessed with himself and his problems, he didn't even inquire about the one who had just healed him and the one who had just healed him from his lifelong disease. 38 years. And now he is strong, He is healthy, he is healed, he's up and he's walking around with strength in his legs, and he even goes to the temple, and still he doesn't even recognize Jesus. But Jesus recognizes him. The Bible says the man didn't even know who Jesus was. And amazing, this man never even sought out Jesus in the temple. Walked right past him. Hmm. This is a difficult text because here we see the greatness of God and the compassion of God, and we see the indifference of people. We see something ugly in the sinful nature of man, and that is man filled with ingratitude. What a sad thought. Of all the men in that day, Jesus, the creator, the alpha and the omega, the living word, the son of God, the holy Messiah, Jesus, the holy blessed one, the united with the triune God, stands right next to this crippled man and heals him by an act of mercy and grace that he did not deserve, but God blessed him anyhow, and he failed to recognize the one who gave him renewed life and then to top the story off and to make it an uglier story the man who had been healed by God who had received such a tremendous blessing throws our Lord under the bus by reporting to the religious police as the one who told him to pick up his mat and walk away from a lifestyle of bondage and disease He fails to mention a thing about his deliverance and his healing, just an indictment, an accusation, and another blame game. The man was so concerned about this religious police force coming down on him. He was so concerned about him being caught in the web of their conviction that he literally said, Jesus told me to do this. And they pursued after Christ even more so. And not that God was intimidated with the religious crowd. What can we learn from this text this morning? We can learn what not to do after we've been blessed by God. To take a blessing off the table of God without stopping to thank God for his great provision and mercy is an ugly sin of ingratitude. Every day I have to realize... I live each moment by the grace and the mercy of the Lord. Listen, the reason you're here today is because of God's extended mercy. The reason you're here breathing air and having strength to come to church and to worship him is because of the goodness and the graciousness of God. We serve a great and awesome God. And even though you feel that you might not have enough, I want you to know what you have is sufficient and we need to praise him and thank him for his goodness. Amen. I was looking the other day and just watching TV, it was late at night, and I just just wanted to get my mind off things, and I was watching the television, it was talking about people that live in third world countries, and how they suffer, and it was watching how little children got dirty water, and how many of them, they get sick and they die off early because of the diseases. And and we're so blessed to live in America, the greatest land on earth, a land of great blessing. We've got clean water. We've got refrigerators filled with food. We've got gasoline in our automobiles, and we can go where we want to go, and we have nice clothes in our closets. God has been good to us, and we as American people, we have been blessed with this great land. Our forefathers have poured their lives out, but yet it was God's ultimate blessing that gave us this great country, and we are blessed to be born in the good old USA. Amen? Amen. And we're to never take that for granted, but yet we need to always stop and thank him and praise him. We have to be careful not to miss it like this man in our text not to miss the right answer by failing to take responsibility for our our own miserable condition and calling out to Jesus with a specific and direct request from God and let's be direct with God. Let's stop praying in generalities. Let's stop having a lack of faith. Let's start believing that God can do the impossible for us, that God can create a miracle for us. And let's start going to God with a spirit of faith because the Bible says if we don't have faith, we'll never see God do great things for us. We need to make sure that we get specific with the Lord. What is it that you want God to do for you this morning? What miracle do you need God to do for you? Let me say, when we come in faith, believing, we can see that miracle wrought in our life. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. God said in his word many, many times, he said, if you come to God and you ask for a loaf of bread, is God so cold and mean to give you a stone instead? Or would God be so cruel to give you a serpent instead of a loaf of bread? Whatever you come to God, believe that he is a good and a gracious God. But when we get specific with God, it is then that God blesses our specific answer with great faith. We're not only to not only miss, not miss the right word, but we are not to miss the right reaction. By failing to acknowledge God's miracle and mercy in our life, to thank him with a spirit of passion and gratitude and outward expression of our thanks. It's good to be thankful, but God loves the expression of thanks. That's what I love about Crossroads Church. You are a very expressive people. I know I talk to a lot of pastors a lot of time, and they'll say, you know, when I preach to my people, they all have poker faces. You you know, I don't know if they're receiving it, and I'll preach on some profound truth, and they'll just stare at me. I don't know if they're rejecting it or receiving it. I said, well, not me at Crossroads. You preach the truth there. The people are receptive to express their spirit of worship and their spirit of praise. Thank you for your heart for the Lord. And then thirdly, not to miss the right opportunity to follow Jesus. To fail to worship and praise him while we have the chance to embrace the opportunity to get to know the Lord who has blessed us, our great healer, to follow him with loyalty and a holy allegiance only blesses him and it only reveals your great understanding that you have been blessed under the mighty hand of God. And because of that... Because of that, you want to seize the moment and that opportunity to snuggle up to the Holy One of Israel and to learn from the Christ who died on the cross for you, to learn more about him and to embrace him in your life that you can become more like him. To use the opportunity in your life, like Paul said, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. Let's not miss it. Let's not miss an opportunity to just follow the Lord fully. Let's not miss it like this man in our text. This man, wow, was he ever blessed. Was he ever blessed. But he missed it with the wrong word. He missed it with the wrong reaction. And he missed his opportunity. Because this man... This crippled man for 38 years could have been one of the Lord's most devout followers with his great testimony of grace who could have impacted more people for the kingdom of God. But he got up, rolled his mat, walked away. This morning, God has spread a table before you in the presence of his enemies. He has blessed you with spiritual revelation He's blessed you with spiritual truth. He has blessed you physically. He has blessed you spiritually. Be cognitive of the hand of mercy above you. Say the right word. Jesus is looking at you this morning. What do you want me to do for you? He wants to bless you. Don't tell them all the negative things in your life. Tell God what you need this morning. Tell him. Get specific. Spell it out. I love the story of blind Bartimaeus. This man was totally blind. The white's in his eye. And he's crying out from the crowd, Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me. Jesus heard that cry, and he knows how to discern the cries of pain and sorrow. And he told the disciples, he stopped, he said, I hear that voice of pain. Bring that man to me. And they brought this blind man to Jesus, and Jesus looked into the whites of his eyes, and Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And blind Bartimaeus said this just a few words, that I might receive my sight. And God rewarded his faith, removed the scales of blindness. Now, if he had said, well, I want to have more of an intellectual understanding of the universe, blah, 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 blah you know what? He could have missed it all, but he got specific. He didn't use a bunch of theological mumbo-jumbo and try to dress up, try to impress God with big words. He just said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And God blessed him because of his faith. Now, some would have said, well, I'm not going to ask God to receive my sight because really it's virtually impossible for a a man who is blinded to receive sight. So I'm going to ask for something less. What is it you want God to do for you? And he walks up to your impossibilities and he says to you in your impotent state, and he he asks you, he said, what do you want me to do? Do you want to be healed today? Do you want this? Ask in faith believing. Say the right word. Get specific. Show the right reaction. And whatever you do, Show the great opportunity to snuggle up with Christ. Learn from him. Walk like him, talk like him, think like him, act like him. Be conformed to Jesus. Don't miss it. This is life. We're all in a test run. We're either going to miss it or we're going to get it. This morning, I want the Crossroads crowd to get it. Don't miss it. Let's pray.